And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So to review our gospel this morning, we have Jesus taking the twelve aside and letting them know what's going to happen. He's on this long march now from uh, Galilee up to Jerusalem to be crucified. This occurs towards the end of uh, Luke's gospel. And it says he was... uh, that he will be delivered to the Gentiles, be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And they scourge and scourged him, and they will scourge him and kill him, and on the third day he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what he said. Loneliness, and I was reminded of this this morning by a parishioner, so I have to give her credit, Ursula in the 8 o'clock. Um, r- reminded me that, uh, that loneliness actually began in the Garden of Eden. For you see, God made Adam, and then he presented all the animals, but there was, there was, there was no one there to, to really comfort him, to, to make him not be lonely. And so God created woman. But it's, I think it is interesting to point out that it's a part of the human condition before the fall. You would think that before the, the fall, everything was perfect, and yet... It was innocent, but not perfect. You can parse that distinction. There are two kinds of loneliness. At least I'm going to present two categories. There is the loneliness that comes from being alone. Physically being alone. Like, for instance, if I was in this church all by myself and no one was here, I would be alone. And I suppose if I stayed here long enough, I would become lonely. It would affect me. Uh, reminded of the hermits in the early years of Christianity who went to the desert um, to be alone for that very purpose. But their purpose in being alone, of course, was to commune with God, and so they weren't actually lonely. There's a second kind of loneliness, and I think it, it stings the worst, and that is to be alone in a crowd to be amongst all, all, all kinds of people, and yet you're alone. Now, I mean, one example of this would be just sitting in a restaurant, eating dinner by yourself at a table. And I mean, a lot of people have never done that or would never do that because of the awful feeling of loneliness. You're in a crowd of people, but yet you're all by yourself eating your meal. And of course, that's a, that's a, that's a terrible feeling. Our Lord Jesus Christ experiences this feeling when the the nearest and dearest to him, and he's surrounded by these men, and he tells them of the horrible stuff that's about ready to transpire, and they don't get it. And he's all by himself, alone in a crowd, alone amongst people who are supposed to be his friends. We can find this in the church, and it's a shame, okay, but it does happen. Even in the church, when we gather together with all of our, all these good people, that sometimes we can find ourselves alone because we don't find community here. And that's, that's not good because we always should find community here. Now, the next scene in the gospel, moving on, is this beggar. 
And as Jesus is coming down the road and there's a great throng with him and, you know, hail Jesus and all this, this man says, what's all this ruckus about? Because he's blind and he can't see. And they say, well, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Now, he had heard of Jesus of Nazareth. (laughs) Indeed, because he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he does it loud. He yells so loud that he's yelling above the voice of the crowd. And what does the crowd do? They turn around and go, shut up. Shut it. Shut your mouth. Making all this noise. Jesus is coming. Right? That's the church. (laughs) Those are the believers in this story. My gosh. He doesn't shut up, does he? Nah. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. No, he's focused on Jesus. He's focused on him. No matter what, he will attain Christ. No matter what. No matter whether the church is for him or the crowd out there is for him. Doesn't matter. He will find Christ. No matter what. And he does. And Jesus says, what is it I can do for you? Lord, that I might see. And the crowd rejoices with the man. Yay! Don't pay attention to the crowd, folks. It's fickle. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that you, by yourself, hopefully with community, but nevertheless, with or without community, you pursue Christ. Just like this beggar. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Son of David, have mercy on me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. After I preached at the eight... EMS, I was reminded by a parishioner of this fact, and so I wanted to relate it to you. Loneliness is part of the human condition even before the fall of man. For you recall that Adam was made in the Garden of Eden, and then all the creatures were presented in front of him, and he named them all, and yet he was found lonely. And so loneliness doesn't really have anything to do with the fall. It's kind of our basic nature that we can be lonely. The creation was innocent, but not perfect. Now we have this scene here before us where Jesus takes the twelve aside. and These are his inside men who have been with him for three years. And he's making his lonely walk to Jerusalem to be crucified for all of us. And he says, for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit on. They will scourge him and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. And yet they didn't understand him. Now, there are two kinds of loneliness in this world. The first is, I suppose, the kind that, well, I don't even know if I'd call Adam that kind because he did have all those creatures. But there's a kind of loneliness that comes from actually being by yourself. 
if I were standing in this church this morning and none of you were here, including the choir, and I stood here long enough, I suppose I'd get lonely. Right? I mean, it might take a little bit longer for some people than others, but I would get lonely. Man in the desert by himself, lonely. Man on a boat on the ocean by himself, lonely. There's a kind of loneliness that comes from finding yourself by yourself. But there's another kind of loneliness I think that hurts worse. And that is the loneliness when you are surrounded by people. And nobody understands you. Jesus on this long, lonely walk to his death for us. Surrounded by people. Cheering crowds who in, I suppose, a few days will be yelling, crucify him or will be abandoning him. And he tries to confide in these men and they don't get it. And he is truly by himself and yet surrounded by people. Now, we've experienced this probably. If you Have you ever gone to a restaurant by yourself? A lot of people haven't done this because they just are too mortified to go to a restaurant, sit down at a table where everybody's sitting with someone and you're by yourself. Try that sometime. That's the kind of loneliness I'm talking about. That'd be an excellent exercise. It really would. That's a loneliness in a crowd. And that's... That is not fun. Now we have the scene that follows, and here's this, this beggar. And he hears this ruckus coming down the road, and he can't see. And so he says, what's going on? And they say, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Now Jesus is in his third year of ministry, so this man had heard of him. He had heard of Jesus. Jesus had been up that way a few times during those three years. But he had heard of Jesus. And he had faith in Jesus. He had faith in Jesus so to give him the Messianic name, Son of David. Which the Pharisees probably would have beaten him for. And he yells, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowds that are with Jesus look back at him and say, shut up. Isn't that sweet? Undeterred. He doesn't care. He will have Jesus no matter what. And so he continues to cry out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus hears him. What will thou do? What what should I do for you? He says that I may receive my sight. Your faith has healed you. And he has his sight. And what does the crowd do that just a second ago was telling him to shut up? They rejoice. (laughs) They're now on his side. Friends, do not listen to the crowd. Okay? These were believers. I mean, you know, one could say this is the church. And you will not always find encouragement here, though you should. And it's the duty of everyone here to encourage everyone here. 
Nevertheless, you may not find it, but it doesn't matter. You pursue Jesus nevertheless. Always pursue Jesus nevertheless. Whether the crowd's for you or the crowd's against you, you pursue Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.